Hello and welcome back to the Football Foundry, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I am your host, James, and I am joined by Matt. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? This this is what we always do. <laughs> we, we mimic each like, other. How, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Let's get on with it. <laughs> you seem to have a sound clip and just play that sound every episode. Yeah, because we could we literally start the episode two minutes late and we could just sit down and get a brew while you just auto-run one sound clip <laughs> for the episode yeah. starts. Just all on one thing, link it in with the intro. I bet, I bet every time I praise Fippin Mo Salah or De Bruyne, get that in there as well. Or Glenn yeah, Murray can just... for Carlisle, stuff like that, get that in. Just all on sound clips, just have it repeat. Any Man City game, just oh. put the same sort of like sound clip over like, oh, it's Man City were unbelievable. David Silver's finish were great. Oh. Kevin De Bruyne again, like paintbrushes with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> paintbrushes. Keep it going. Yes. <laughs> Until they went league, then we could be like, oh, Man City won league. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we accidentally put on the same clip of the beat um, Liverpool 5 0, which was like, Way earlier in the season. Whoops, need to update the clip. <laughs> but thankfully, they beat someone else 5 0. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but whilst we're going on as massive tangent about sound clips and Man City, uh, we've got some news this week. So let's bash through some of that. Yeah. Back-to-back news weeks. We aren't messing. <laughs> we aren't messing. We're pulling all the stops out. <laughs> so, this week, the England squad got announced. And at the Football Foundry, we thrive over these international games. Absolutely thrive over them. Uh, we've got some first call-ups for the likes of Alfie Mawson, James Taukowski, Nick Pope and Lewis Cook. How do you think they're going to uh, get on? Um, I'll be more interested if they actually get a game. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same. about them. Like, um, Tark, like we said about when we're doing our North versus South team, on match stats, Tarkovsky was in the North team of the North Premiership team, yep. so Tark deserves to be in there and given a shot. Nick Pope, yeah. 100% deserves to be in this squad. Like, um, it should get a, uh, a game, but with it just being two games before the actual World well, there's technically three games, but these are the two main games for the World Cup. Yeah, you'd think he'd go with his first choice goalkeeper for them. I, if I was Southgate, I would. But Nick Pope deserves a game. Yeah. He, he definitely deserves a game. But it's just it's, it does definitely without a doubt. How about um, Lewis Cook? How do you think he'll uh, do you think he'll get much game time? Um. I can see why he's being called up. Yeah. It, it obviously, he's done well for the under-21s, this, that, and the other. I don't think he gets in the lineup for myself. No, not really. But he de- definitely deserves a look at in the senior team setup because I don't really think... I'll easily say it, Lewis Cook won't be going to the World Cup. I think it's just basically to have a look at him with the main squad for after the World Cup. Yeah. Just to see how he suits to it, ease him in a little bit, get him a bit of experience. Pretty much. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if he makes a squad, but considering that some of the people that are being called up, it's like, meh. Well, whilst you're on that topic, right. Joe Hart is still there. 
<laughs> who should be this number one? Why are we taking four goalkeepers? What what is going on? <laughs> well, like who gets this? For me, like you were saying before, Pope deserves a full game without a doubt. He deserves at least ninety minutes. Like my close mates know that I've actually got a bet with a friend of mine that Nick Pope won't get an England cap, but he deserves an England <laughs> cap. He deserves a game. He generally does. He does. Joe, apparently, Joe Hart's in his squad due to his experience. <clears throat> no, it's well. Let let me just read you these clean sheet stats from the league this season. Joe Hart has three. Jack Butland has five. Jordan Pickford has seven, and Nick Pope has ten. That that just says it all, really, doesn't it? Of who deserves it more? Jordan Pickford because he's twelfth car, obviously. But uh... oh my god, <laughs> you found another route in? How? It was a loan. It doesn't count. <laughs> but no, I'll, t- t- I'll be honest though. Out of those four keepers, my number one goalkeeper's conceded. No, sorry, has had the second at least amount of clean sheets. I still have Buckland. Buckland, Butland, sorry, Buckland. Who he is? <laughs> Did he so, used to play for Carlisle? <laughs> Buckland, <laughs> probably for some team, but no, Butland's my number one. But Nick Pope deserves it. He generally does, but I just see Jack Butland as a number one for the future. But Pope deserves it. Butland for me deserves it because I feel like he's um, he's not had the best of luck. He's no offence to Stoke, but they are in a horrible, horrible season and that back line in front of him does him no favours yeah. whatsoever. And I think if he was in a stronger team with a stronger back line that don't fail him all the time, yeah. he'll start shining well, a lot Well, for more. next season he'll be at a stronger club because he's going to end up at Liverpool. I see that 100%. I yeah. see Bolton going to Liverpool. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good fit. Yeah. But obviously, I can't remember which game it was. But obviously, he made that mistake a couple of weeks back with the cross came in, so he just put it into his own net. But bar that, he's been. He met in later in that game, I think it was against Leicester. I think it was Leicester, Could top of my head. But later that game, he made a world class save. I just think he's the guy to take England forward in the number one jersey for England. I'd go Butland. Yeah, he's definitely the most mature out of the bunch. Um if you're excluding Joe Hart, because obviously Joe Hart, he has has his good runs and he, he was a brilliant keeper at one point, but now his confidence is just not there and he's not the man to be wearing that number one shirt. He's, made, he's made too many mistakes for England because um, yeah. obviously we go back to this game all the time, but Iceland, he was at yeah. error. The game yeah. against Scotland where he conceded the two free, free kicks, kicks against Lee Griffiths. Yeah. was Lee Griffiths, right? Sure Sweden. Was, yeah, yeah. Sure it was Lee Griffiths. Sweden with his uh, head of clearance. Oh, is that the Ibrahimovic <laughs> overhead kick? Yes, it was the Zlatan. You know what you're getting up there, but I was a good guess. But um, <laughs> that's going back a fair few years. Can you remember the last time Joe Hart was actually decent for England? Um, I'm not saying he's always been bad because he hasn't. When he yeah, first he hasn't came, always the team, been bad. He's really not always been bad. And when he, when he like you say, like he first came onto the scene and it, it was. The the saving grace for England essentially was because next, he was a young yeah. upcoming goalkeeper. Because City signed him from Shrewsbury, then I think City loaned him out to Birmingham. I want to say Birmingham, yeah. Then Birmingham. he started getting he his at Birmingham. Oh, he did great. Then obviously in his first season at City, he did great. But it's ever, is it ever since well, Pep wasn't there for the Euros when he when he fluffed up against Iceland because I think he took over just after that, didn't he? Yeah, he was there. Pellegrini was still there yeah. for Euros. 
but yeah, he's, he's on a really big decline at the minute. I do hope he can pull it back because he's on his day, he's a very good goalkeeper, but it's too many mistakes and the confidence is just not there. And I think that the experience that he's got doesn't warrant him a place. And it does Southgate, when he first took over England for the manager role, said, I'm not having none of these big name players. So why are you throwing players like Joe Artin, who's done nothing all season because of his experience? Like it doesn't But he's but he's just gonna I don't I honestly don't think Joe Hart's gonna get a game in these two. I'd be very surprised. Well not surprised won't isn't the wrong word because knowing England that actually <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. I'd be disappointed in Gareth Southgate if Joe Hart gets a yeah. game. Because yeah, he's maybe picking people on for I I do kind of understand where he's coming from with Extra experience heading the squads, but yeah, I get that. Like, as long as he's nowhere near the actual squads, <laughs> fair play. As long as he's starting coaching the other players to fumble and make mistakes or get overhyped up for important games like he did against Iceland and stuff like that, it's just yeah, I can see why, but I don't know if it's a great idea. But mm. we'll move away from it anyway. Um, we'll go yeah, to the other end of the page. And uh, up that top end, Harry Kane is due to miss out with that injury that had us all panicking. They could have been out for the World he's Cup gonna, itself. Oh, he's going to be fine, though. He's so we're all fine. We're all right. We can still go. We can still go. Put the kettle on. Sit down and just relax. We're all right. <laughs> we're okay. We've got this. <laughs> we don't have to withdraw yet. <laughs> But the question is for these two games, who is going to step up? Will it be Rashford, Vardy or Danny Welbeck? Whew. Unleash Southgate. your anger, Gareth, Matthew. Gareth Southgate picking people on form. To be fair, Danny Welbeck's actually got a really good record for England. He has. Can't, he's, he's, can't got, deny he's got most goals. Top goal scorer with 15 out of the whole squad. Peter Crouch has got more goals for England. Why not call him up then? <laughs> Just saying. But Welbeck's not really getting a look at Arsenal. There's other English strikers that have scored more goals than Danny Welbeck this season. And <clears> you know what? You know who I'm going to go to? I think you just said his Glenn. name, but I think I spoke <laughs> I, I did speak Kobe, but I thought you said Glenn Murray. But <laughs> And not just because he's played for Carlisle. All loyalty aside to, to him. He deserves to be in that Onward squad. He deserves to be in it. On current form, really which does. is, I can understand for some people's argument saying because they want to build a squad for the future. Glenn Murray, I think, is 34. He's not going to be, he's probably just, this is probably would be his only tournament. To all oh, due respect to Glenn Murray. But at the moment, his though. form, he deserves to be in the squad. He deserves yeah. to be in this team. Like, like Rashford and Vardy, I, I know Rashford barely gets a kick. Obviously, you've got the two against Liverpool, but Rashford is that much of a. Good striker, he goes for me still. Yeah, Vardy, yeah, yeah he's doing fine for Leicester. He definitely deserves to go. Yeah. Welbeck, just no, no, not at all. Uh, so just quickly going back to that Glenn Murray thing, did you see the uh, the tweet that he put out after the England squad got announced? <laughs> like the, he's got a picture of him just head in hands. <laughs> Just in shock with Lewis Dunk <laughs> and a load of um, laughing emojis. It's it's quite funny. <laughs> but no, he does definitely deserve to go. Yeah, and does. you know, thirty four years old. Yeah, we're building an England squad for the future. Blah 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 blah. If we're building an England squad for the future, why is Phil Foden not in it? 
But <laughs> that is a very good point to be truthful. Really yeah, good. He's, he's point. the next best thing. Why is Phil Ford not in it? Well, why they but, haven't used our England twenty two squad that we made? Just do that. Yes, take them instead. That would be a good show. But Glenn Murray for me, he's, he's never going to really get another chance at this, is he? Nope. At all in his career. Let's let's be realistic for a minute. He's thirty four. He's having a really good season, and if we're all being realistic, he's not going to be able to do this next season. If Brighton remain in the Premier League, he's not going to be able to pull it off. Well, um, he might have he might have a good flurry, but he won't be able to get into a position where he'd be looked at for the England team again. You never know. He, he might, but you wouldn't, might, you wouldn't expect yeah, it just due to his advantage. But the thing with Glenn Murray is he's never been quick. He's always been a, quite a sluggishly slow striker. So, Well, Harry Kane's not rapid, and look at him. He's still quicker than Glenn Murray. Well, yeah, because he's got Glenn Murray's got ten years on the kid, but, <laughs> but still, Glenn Murray would struggle um, to be permatasacker in a race, mate. He would win, but it'd be a tight race. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, I, I honestly think he deserved, deserved the chance at it. Just, just give him, give him that sort of moment, just for himself more than anything. Like he's had a good season, why not reward him for it? Like that should, it is what that it is, should be it? a poll question, not for the squad, but should just be like, should Glenn Murray be in the England squad in general? Not our squad, but should Glenn Murray deserve to be in the England squad? Just like a general poll, just, yeah, to, I'll, just to do it. I'll just pull like, one out. Just be clever. It'd just be good to hear what, well, good to see other people's opinions on the fact it's not for our squad. It's just a general opinion. It's like, did Glenn Murray deserve to be in this England squad or does he not? To be fair, if that gets a single no, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> um, hmm. But yeah, coming away from that, we'll go to the centre of the pitch, the midfield role. No one's really safe in this position, but who really gets the nod from uh, from us, do you think? Um, Jordan Henderson. Henderson? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I thought you'd react a bit more. To be fair, though, to be fair, Henderson's had some decent games for Liverpool recently, but... Yeah. Um, Ox for me. I really want to see Ox have a proper game for England personally. Maybe alongside Wilshire. Yeah, but... I was going to say Ox and Wilshire for me. The two that are sort of they've not been in the limelight recently, especially with Arsenal falling apart week by week. For Wilshire, um, yeah, especially for Wilshire. Yeah. And the Ox having that sort of transition into positions and all all that commotion. I think he's fitted in quite nice now at Liverpool and Wilshire's starting to get that game time that's vital to get into the England team itself. Yeah. And I just I just think there'll be a decent fit in midfield. Like Wilshire's got that bulldog sort of attitude to him, which I think would work well. And Ox is brilliant going forwards. Not so much coming back, but he couldn't develop that because he's just getting used to this sort of role. So with those two in midfield, do you not think there needs to be a third midfielder to anchor? Or would you go I'd say Eric Dyer. I was going to say you need someone to because obviously you were saying about Wilshire with his like bulldog mentality, he will get stuck yeah. in. But at the same time, Wilshire is great at going forward on the ball. At the same time, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he's both definitely. parts of the game. But with Wilshire pushing on, Ox needs to push on because he's some of the things he's done for Liverpool recently. If he can do that for the England stage, he'll be a really good asset to the squad. But they just need someone yeah. to screen at the back just to keep everything in check. I'd, I'd say swap swap that role with Dyer and Henderson. Yeah, primarily Dyer, but have Henderson there as someone to come on later on if Dyer's injured or tired or whatever, just to sort of keep it fresh and 
Dyer for me gets gets that holding role by far. I could easily see Southgate playing Henderson now ahead of Dyer. Yeah, I could as well. Honestly, but we'll have to see. Yeah. See how it goes. Uh, and then to the back line, the centre back partnership seems to be the talk. The wing backs for me are perfectly fine. Ashley Young, Kyle Walker, crack on. Maybe Ryan Bertrand as well in a couple of games. Just crack on. But that centre-back partnership is causing a lot of talking points. So we've got Mawson, Tarks, Stones and Maguire. And for me, I think the two that would fit quite well together, you're not going to like it, I don't think, but Tarks and Maguire. Oh, I knew you were going to say Maguire. Um... I, like, I like how he pushes on a bit. Especially having that holding midfielder as well. He... He loves to go forwards. I'll be honest, any combination of those four doesn't actually fill me with a lot of confidence for the England squad. No, no. I know. (laughs) Stones needs that strong, strong defender alongside him. Like He's got Otamendi at City and he's a powerful defender. The thing is, though, he's not Um, getting tested enough at City to develop at the same time as a young defender. City just need defenders that are already established, that don't need the gate, like the actual tests. To improve as a defender, more times than not, you yeah. know, stren- strenuous stones things. Stones has to do is just pass a ball from along the back line or to a full back or to Fernandinho dropping in to take the ball off him. I just don't know if he's. De- I don't know if City's the right club to develop Johnson. Obviously, with Pep Guardiola is can't deny he's top draw manager, coach, whatever you want to call him. But no, yeah, definitely. it's just whether he's going to get tested enough at that club. Mm, I, I see your point. And the fact of having those four as a centre-back is pretty scary considering that World Cup is around the corner. And if they're the four, they're in form, can't deny that. They're doing very well at club level, but two of those haven't played for England before and the other two have, what, said 20 caps between them, if that? Oh, if that. Yeah, like, it's scary going into that. And the fact of the goalkeeper issue as well makes it even scarier. The f- up front, I am not fussed. Honestly, boys, crack yeah. on, do what you want. But that back, that back area, like the most scary, important really part is. of a team is you always, you should always try and sort your defense out first. Yeah, you build, you build from, from the defense back. essentially. Yeah, you build from the back. We have Jack Butland is the goalkeeper we go on with hundred percent. Jack Butland is that goalkeeper. But you name me, either a flat three with two wing backs or a flat back four that you'd go on with for the England squad right now. It's really worrying that there's no one that. Because obviously you've got Kyle Walker, right side. Left side, personally, I'd probably go Ashley Young at the moment. Honestly, I would. Yeah. Ashley Young. Yeah. But you, if you're going to play three centre backs on that and you have those two marauding, out of every English defender, it's a really hard. Scary. I'd probably put Phil Jones in there. Like I don't know, Gary Cahill. If, he's, if Gary Cahill Phil played Jones a lot more games Dyer. for Chelsea, but did even barely get to look in nowadays. England's defense is worrying. I'd, dro- I'd drop Dyer back if it got to that situation. I'd maybe play Tarks, Dyer, and uh, what about what, Phil Jones? what about the like of Joe Gomez because he had a great game against Germany. Joe Gomez, yeah, it's a good shout. You know, it's not a bad shout, but. The defence is just a bit of a worry because obviously we have got some good attacking players on this team, especially if Harry Kane's on fire. Rashford can 
step up and just defend. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but the second bit of news now that we've got his England squad announcement out the way, um, we'll quickly talk about the Jose Mourinho Manchester United rant after um, that Champions League defeat. So, Jose has obviously stepped up and defended his side following the exit of the Champions League to the defeat from Sevilla. But it was done in that sort of typical Mourinho fashion. Yes. <laughs> the uh, the 12 minute emotional rant saw Jose bring up the heritage of Manchester United and the rebuild job that he's currently undergoing to get him back onto that European stage. There was words such as they're used to being knocked out. <laughs> um, oh God! There was oh. there was talks of their previous Champions League success since they got to the final in 2011. The fact that they got knocked out group stage, got knocked out quarterfinals, round of 16, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No European football at all gets them into yeah. Europa League. Win that. Etc. And it just talks about his, the development that he's trying to put forwards. I can get that point. The fact he's trying to build him back up, but the way he's gone about it is really, really wrong. Right. When you say the word heritage, you don't think the last ten years. You're going back a lot longer yes. when you say the word heritage. Yeah. If you if he said recent years, fair play. United have been a garbage in Champions League for recent years. But heritage, that's going further back past. From Fergie. Sir Alex Ferguson's yeah. time. Yeah. And as if, oh, he can't be saying stuff about that United, that far back about like, United. Like, just leave it a little like, like, fair enough, they, they had a bad spell and he's come in and he's, he's got them to a level now where they, they are actually challenging for things, which is good, but they're not quite at that level where it's serious challenging. It's just sort of, oh, Man United are a bit like hard to beat at home or whatever. It's weird as well because he's bringing up examples of his teams beating United. Yes, that was the that was the worst it's thing really for me. Weird. It was like, like they, they lose to Porto oh, right, and I was in the other dugout. It's like no, well, don't. Say beat, that. You got beat by Real Madrid, and guess what? I was their manager, so yeah. he obviously proved I can win matches. But it's like he's going the complete wrong way about it. Completely. Like, He's proper starting to alienate himself from, like, if you've read some of the newspapers and stuff like that, he is getting absolutely battered by the press because everyone thinks it's... But it's not the Man United show. It's all about Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Like, he's trying to build this thing of him being the special one, but he's had about... Is this his second season as United now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had, it's been, he's had three seasons in the Premiership where he's not won the Premiership now. Because mm. obviously, the, the last season of Chelsea was catastrophic and gets sacked. To fair, he, won the season, he won it the season before. But he's, try, he's trying to still build himself off as his invincible, the special one, but he has to be winning games. Um, exactly. The way United are playing Sevilla was atrocious. Yeah. Brighton 2-0, they won, but atrocious. Yeah. Liverpool was a slight glimmer of hope, but even before that game, we expected the worst from that. So we were actually surprised that Liverpool, yeah. um, United did something against Liverpool. But it's going to get to the point where he says something a bit too far. He's going to get himself into an awful lot of trouble with United. Well, it's, 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 
pushing the boundary right now, especially bad mouthing. Well, not bad Marvin Ferguson, but playing Heritage, like you know, the, the treble team of '99, that United team was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember what other years it was when they beat Chelsea. I want to say 2005, but it could have been 2011. I think 2005 could be Istanbul. I can't remember off the top of my head who, what years that these like, Champions League was, but he's got to be careful. As you were saying, his uh, his mouth and his words could get him into. Uh... Some sticky situations, yes. and after the Brighton game, it was clear that him and Luke Shaw had a bit of an altercation. And now reports have come out saying Luke Shaw is now set to leave in the summer after being slammed by Jose. That's something else I've just remembered. All the players that he seems to be praising at the moment, as well, are all his signings. Yep. He's just trying to defend that. his own yeah. his own choice. Like he said, he said the, in that the, that the whole match thing yeah. that is an island yeah. and he, in, a, in a sea of mediocrity. I was like, yeah. Luke Shaw wasn't even the worst player in that match. Luke Shaw didn't do. He, he, he was actually was a part of the goal for Lukaku's no. goal. <laughs> like, and the substitute, he, he didn't do much better. To be truthful, it's like. Mourinho just doesn't like Luke Shaw. It's he just evidence to see. Him. It's evident to see he doesn't like Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw didn't do an awful lot wrong that game. No, yeah, he did, he did perfectly fine. Like it, it wasn't that he played. He didn't play exceptionally well, but he did. He didn't have a bad game. Like you can't. But the slate. But forward. from the looks of it, Mourinho was looking to sub him before half time as well. That's ridiculous. Yeah, um, That's a... I can't remember who came on to him. It was either Valencia, it could have been, I think it was Young. It, 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 surely it would be Young because it would be left back for left back. I just can't remember off the top of my head. But the, Young was sent out 15 minutes before half time to warm up. Shocking. And if it, that suggests to me that he was going to sub him before half time because why would he be warming up, for example, if he's going to be at half time, why would he warm up for a full half hour? It's far too much time to warm because obviously you'd have to, you yeah. wouldn't warm up. Then cool down during half time to go back out on the pitch for half time. It's just <laughs> what it's just Mourinho and his ways in it. I don't get it. Mm, strange, strange man. But we'll quickly jump into the Premier League where there's one game we'd like to specifically talk about. And to be honest, I don't really know what to say other than. Is there really much else I can do when <laughs> Liverpool beat Watford 5-0 and Salah gets four goals? I'll just speak round him. It's fine. Yeah. You better, <laughs> you better, you better keep it on the background, like. But, <laughs> you can play it down. But, um, sorry, keep on going, bud. Yeah, Liverpool beating Watford 5-0 and Salah picking up four goals is astonishing, really. Mate, it's scary how much Salah reminds me of Lionel Messi. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not just saying that either. I, his first goal, you could easily cast that as a Lionel Messi goal. And so many yeah. people are starting to call him the Egyptian Messi and compare him to Messi. I can, I'm not saying he is as good as Messi, but I can see where the comparisons are coming from. Yeah, I no, yeah, I get, I get that. But... <laughs> The thing I love most about that goal is Britos for Watford. He's like doing the okey-cokey as 
colours sending oh me It's like in, out, in, out, shaking all about. If you see the majority of the goals in this game, Britos gets done for them. Britos is first so... Like, oh my god. He's obviously been told to man-mark Salah and he's just been like, oh god. God, oh <laughs> everything, every single goal that you see in this game, Britos is just there somewhere. Just like, why, why have they done this to me? It was his first game again um, since November, and like, um, like do you remember when? Yeah, I think you make a point of it later on, but um, the Firmino flick, the ball's passing yes. from Salah. You can go back into it properly later on, but that flick from Firmino does Britos as well. Yes. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Um, just a quick fact for you. Liverpool have never lost a back-to-back league game under Klopp. It just shows it can really like rally the team together, especially after that defeat to Man United. Well, it does show that he doesn't get the, doesn't allow the club to get into a rut of a run defeat, so it's positive. Yeah, definitely. It's positive. Um, Watford, though, they did, they did see a lot of the ball in that first half. Yeah. But I think it was more of a mix of Watford not taking the chances and Liverpool absorbing that pressure. Yeah. And a, a prime example of that is that Liverpool counter-attack um, when Watford had a chance, Milner picked up the ball, uh, plays it through to Salah. Salah with that perfectly timed pass into Firmino, who does that quality touch to flick it out the way, and then the shot is just a bit too close to... Um, Carnesis and he just parries yeah. it out. Well, puts it out for a call. That was obviously the one I was just on about there, but absolutely. Like, he was, like Watford did have little, well, I wouldn't say spells. They had the other tack that looked decent. There was like a moment when Pereira yeah. does a flick and absolutely sells Marnie, which I thought was brilliant. That's quality. That, that yeah, it, it is absolutely brilliant. And the only other really attack was there was a cross into Richarlison, but this is quite a soft header, which goes right to carries. Maybe if it was towards Deeney, Deeney would probably have the strongest head on it. But yeah. That, Pereira had the free kick as did, well, didn't he? He did. That, the, one that, the, the one that hit the bar. Were, yeah, yeah, Pereira. They were the three chances for Watford that were... Uh, Worthy of a goal, essentially. Um, maybe not the house, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, but Robertson, Robertson, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, but he pops up again with that incredible delivery that he's got into them dangerous areas. And who else would be there to get on the end of it, Matt? Salah. Yeah, Salah. <laughs> Um, Straight on the end. Robertson surely is in the form of his life right now. It's probably safe to say that he's probably the most informed left back in the league. At, at current current standard, yeah, yeah. I'd, definitely. I'd have him as the best left back in the league for on current form. I would, anyways. But yeah, it was a, a tremendous ball in by Robertson, and obviously Salah puts it away. Because who else would it even be? Exactly. So the next goal scorer, it, it was for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked the way Liverpool changed the play style in that second yeah. half because in the first half you see them sit back, you let the letting Watford have the ball, especially in the centre of the park, and Watford got comfortable with that. But then in the second half, Klopp's obviously changed the play style and he's got them to push yeah, forwards, yeah. and you, you can see it in in this goal with the Firmino goal more than others, but. I think it's Decore keeps losing the ball. He gets the ball and he's too comfortable in possession yeah, yeah. because Liverpool let him get to that state 
where the midfielders are getting comfortable on the ball mm. in the central centre of the park. And then because they push forwards and put that pressure on without them expecting it, they've they've frozen. They've, they keep losing the ball and they're panicking. They don't know what to do. And then it obviously sets Salah up in that corner to whip it in for Firmino, who was a lovely flick, by the way. Oh, the, off the I was going to say, say the back of his knee, but no, it is stunning flick by Firmino, which seems to be a really common yeah. phrase right now. <laughs> Two unbelievable flicks. He generally has. I, I, honestly, every time we've watched a Liverpool game, we generally must say at least once for every Matt Firmino flick. Yeah, he scored a few of them this season. Because I remember one was a really good assist, but I couldn't remember which game it was or whatnot. Because I just remember it was towards the cop end, but I can't remember who or what was Well, there was there was last week. Was it last week? It might have been the week before. No, it was last week against Man United. The the little back heel that he does into Mane. Could have been. That's a nice little. Thing. I, I don't. I generally don't think it was that one either. But anywho, he's Brazilian. Yeah. Expect it. Firmino flick. <laughs> but who can actually stop this man? Four Watford players certainly couldn't. <sighs> and that's Salah, of course, grabbing his first Liverpool hat trick. That was unbelievable. Yeah. That that is the bit that you're comparing him to that messy sort of thing, aren't you? With the, the four players going left, no, right, left, honestly, right, no, left. I would say I'd still say that the first goal was very messy esque. But on this one, yeah, yeah. he's literally falling over and he still puts it in. <laughs> it was a very weak shot. I think the keeper could have done but a bit I generally better. Don't, oh, but with the defenders flying yeah, around everywhere, I don't. That's think what I was going to say. That. I generally don't think that he would even have the chance to see that because most smart at the majority of that play, he's trying to take on three uh, players. But I think it could be to blonde hair dyed. So I'm going to assume it was Will Hughes. Don't hold me to that. But I'm assuming it is yes, Will Hughes. He steps in a yeah, bit. Yeah, and I just probably think that probably obscures yeah. the keeper's view on it, and it goes into the corner. But yeah. Oh, he can't. He deserved the goal. Really did. Really did. Um, Danny Ings came on quite late on though, and uh, it was unlucky to to not grab a goal with a decent couple of chances that he had. But then that second chance that he had, uh, obviously Salah was there to grab his thirty sixth goal in forty one games for Liverpool. Obviously, with Danny Ings, not to um, was unlucky not to grab a goal there. But um, do you actually know whose last goal was against at Anfield? Burnley, wasn't it? No. No, don't know. Carlisle. (laughs) God. It actually was. I was at the match. How many times? (laughs) times in this episode? We took took the penalties. And, like, if you actually, for some reason, I know we're going off tangent here, if you YouTube their penalties, Carlisle's penalty by Alexander McQueen is probably one of the best penalties you'll ever see. It was amazing. But, (laughs) sorry, his last goal at Anfield was against Carlo, but his last goal for Liverpool was against Everton. Just thought I'd put that on there. Uh, there we go. At you brought that other stat into light as well. Yeah. But yeah, Salah, 36 goals in 41 games. That is incredible. First yeah, season. They were doing a comparison with other players that had signed because I think Torres was close-ish to this, yes, but yeah, Salah yeah. was definitely number top in this run. Number top. <laughs> Did I say number top? You said number top, and I'm keeping it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Number top. It's my word of the day. But or two words. But <laughs> anywho, move on. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll quickly fly through the other results that happened in the Premier League. Uh Stoke lost to Everton thanks to the Tusun Brace. There you mm. go. 
coming into shape for Everton there, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Crystal Palace picked up a big three points against Huddersfield. Very close down that bottom bottom end of that table. Indeed. And Bournemouth picked up three points against West Brom. And the baggies are certainly looking down and out now. It was okay. It was one to fifty last week of them getting relegated, wasn't it? Yes. I'm, I'm literally going to do this every week now to see how close. <laughs> let's just quickly check. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm saying one to a hundred. It's doubled. You reckon? Okay. Bang on. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Stoke four to eleven. Huddersfield eleven to eight. Ooh. They're your favourite three this week. But West Brom. <laughs> wow. Betting worth a quid with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a quid to put on them stepping up, like, but no. <laughs> but with the Premier League done out of the way, we'll quickly go through the FA Cup quarterfinal games. Go for it. Now, uh, my game of the week last week was Leicester Chelsea, and mm. uh, Chelsea picked up the two-one win, but it had to go to extra time to separate the teams, and and really there was. There wasn't really many great moments in this game, I don't think. No, it was quite a dull game. But yeah. to be fair, it could have gone either way. But yeah, Chelsea got the two goals, but I'd probably say that both of them could have could have been prevented. Yeah, because obviously with the Morata goal, um, Ian Acho does a really, really good slow, pass on it's, it's, to Mares, but it's a poor pass into him. Yeah, it doesn't pa- it doesn't push it ahead of him, and he doesn't put it with much power. No. It's a soft pass, which allows Chelsea to get the whole back line back ahead of him, back behind, well, back in front of Mares, I should say. Yeah. And it completely it completely killed the attack. Yeah. And Chelsea just picked it up. William took it on and just released Morata. Yeah. And for someone who hasn't scored in a while, God, this goal he took well, and it was later in the game he does um, the flick like. Um, Remember Zola's flick against Norwich? Yeah. On the corner. Similar yeah. to that, and he obviously he, he was offside, but the confidence it showed for him to do this, because he ricochets off the bar and comes back out. Morata does not look like a striker lacking confidence. No, especially after the goal. Yeah. Like you was, he took the goal really well. It was a confident finish. Yeah, it was a brilliant finish. Yeah, yeah. Really good from him. Um, but there was that moment when... Uh, Mares put the ball into the box. <laughs> Vardy had a go. Ibora has a couple of goes. Vardy's then back in. So after two, three, four attempts, Leicester finally get the ball in the back of the net. Wasn't quite as beautiful as Vardy's goal last week, but I suppose they all count really, don't they? Oh, it's definitely scrappy and too fair. Um, Willie Caballero was unlucky not to save the last one. Yeah, the fact it was blasted at him from two yards out. He would have done well to actually keep it out. No, yeah, he was unlucky. He was unlucky. As you said earlier on, it was always going to be a close encounter, and for for the best part of the match, you couldn't really separate them. Um, Obviously, extra time was needed, like we said earlier, and possibly the smallest man on the pitch in Pedro, obviously, Hmm. beats two defenders and Schmeichel. Head the ball into the back of the net to put Chelsea in the semi-final. Yeah, like I was saying, both these goals could prevent it. Smike would be really yeah. disappointed in this, and Leicester would just feel they've cost it themselves. To be fair, to be honest, they yeah. could have prevented yeah. this. 
They could have. The defending wasn't great on him either. The, they weren't tight enough to Pedro. No. And like you were saying, they're just a bit a yeah. small man shouldn't be doing that, and he has so. Exactly. But your game of the week match was uh, Wigan Southampton. It certainly was. But, uh, all that snow, wind, and bad weather must have put Will Grigg out. <laughs> either that. Or Mark Hughes went into DW Stadium with a fire extinguisher as his first act as Southampton manager extinguished Will Grigg. And that he did. <laughs> wow. Interesting intro to the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love a bit of Mark Hughes. Um, but speaking of Mark Hughes, did Southampton look any better? I know it's too early to really tell, but did they look a bit, bit more up for it, do you think? Um... Wigan had more possession. Wigan had more of the ball. Obviously, with more possession, that comes as a given. But they're passing the ball more. Southampton did have more shots and more shots on target, but which is a big thing for Southampton. True, let's but just, let's just stress that. <laughs> it's a Premiership team, a League One team. Wigan controlled possession, yeah. so I wouldn't which really see say Southampton were looking better as such. Yeah. That result. Uh, Dunkley though for Wigan could have put him in the could have given the lead essentially. Yeah. If it was just a shame he couldn't get like anything on the end of it. I know yeah. he's really off balance and the ball was travelling quite quick. Yeah. But just any literally you just need to put anything on oh, by your hand, obviously. <laughs> anything on it and it goes in the net, really, doesn't it? Not any touch and obviously the game could have went a complete different way if Wigan took initiative yeah. here, but yeah, uh, but like you were saying though, Wigan certainly looked like the better team, especially in the first half. Yeah. Southampton didn't know what to do, like at all with the way Wigan were coming at them. No, no. no. Uh, but Burn though, who played uh, like brilliantly against Man City, he was probably one of the best players in that Man City game. Absolutely, uh, obviously in the last round, put it on a plate for Gabbiadini. Oh God! <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> I don't know if it was a. I don't think it was a back pass. I think it was a pass to another defender. But the defenders either not looking or the ball's nowhere near him. And obviously, Gabby yes. it goes right through to Gabby Adini, who probably should have scored it to be true. But can't take any anything away from Walton. He had a terrific game, and this was just one of the many saves he did. Top draw in this game. Yeah, it was like um, there was that quick succession of corners for uh, Southampton, yeah. and. Um... It, it pulled off a couple of saves during all that as well. But there was that poor marking and it sees uh, Hoiberg yeah. grab the opening goal of the game and he's first for Southampton. Yeah, Emil Holberg. Signed from Bayern. Yeah. But good little player. Young player as well. He is. To be yeah. fair, I, d- always, I do actually... He's always Yeah, I do actually quite rate <laughs> Southampton's middle two with Holberg and... Um, Massive fan of Mario Lamina, as you already know. I generally see him as a future yeah. Arsenal player. I say it all the time about him. I see him sitting in the <laughs> Arsenal team. But like with James Ward Prowse as well, they've got some good players in this. Yeah. Have. It's just getting them playing. They be struggling the way that no, they they've, are, got, yeah. they've got quality. T- well, quality might be taking it a bit far, but they've got the players where they should be higher in the league than what they are. We'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gabbiadini again, though, wins the Saints a penalty. Which is again is brilliantly saved by Walton, who, like you said earlier, had a brilliant game, absolutely brilliant. Probably one of the best penalty saves you'll see this because he was so strong in tipping it. Like he nearly tips it out for a throw in. 
Because <laughs> Gabby is massive and he's good, strong wrist in him, and he just obviously. I, I think he goes up for a corner, but God, yeah. he, he saves it really well because it's not a bad penalty from Gabby Adini at all. No, no, it's really good. Really good. It's not as if he's yeah. rolled it into the keeper's hands. He's, oh, he's <laughs> smashed it, and Walton's done brilliantly. It ain't no daisy cutter. No. <laughs> but after that surging run from Cedric, breaking free from the pressure that Wigan put on him, sees himself one-on-one with Walton and wraps the game up. Uh, shame to see Wigan go out the cup, really. They had such a good run this year. Really good run. Well, everyone's going to talk about the whole, the main thing from this FA Cup is Wigan knocking out Man City. That's yeah. the main story from this. And they took Bournemouth and West Ham out. It's not like they just took, it wasn't just a fluke that they took City out. They played well. They had a good game against City and they deserved that win, in all honesty. They, they played the game really well. Yeah, they, 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 set, up, they yeah. set up perfectly yeah. against City. And... Did the same against West Ham and did the exact same against Bournemouth. It's just a shame they couldn't do it against Absolutely. Southampton, but it happens. You have your little run. But they're, they're going to win League One, essentially, aren't they? Like, let's uh, let's be serious. That squad, yeah, that team is far too yeah. good for League One, and obviously I said in the City um, City Wigan game that Nick Powell is a class above that division, and he totally is a class above that division. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Wigan go up and give a pretty good account of themselves next season no, yeah. in the Championship. Like, you, I know this is I shouldn't really do this, but look at Sheffield United. If Sheffield, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we've got a very aging team. I'm not gonna lie, we've got an old team. A couple of players in like David Brooks coming through and players like that. But yeah. essentially, that team is old. Like you've got Billy Sharp, Leon Clark. Like there's <laughs> not the youngest team. But um, no. if if Sheffield United can go up with that confidence and like rely on their own ability, and Chris Wilde is doing a brilliant job at keeping it sort of keeping it going, so we're staying yeah. staying competitive. Like we're just on edge of playoffs. We could still nick a place. Um. Wigan, I think, could do a lot better than what Sheffield United have done this season. I genuinely think they could as well. Yeah. Like Sheffield United got to top of league, were top of league at one point. Like, just take a minute to take that in. Like, I still need that minute. But I know. you're still living off that yeah. minute. But... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm quite realistic, and I, I literally said to everyone, we will, we won't go up. I don't want us to go up because it. We'll just come straight back down. We not we need to settle into the championship first. Be good for us no, to totally go up. Agree. Don't don't take that away. But if I'm being realistic, I prefer us to settle ourselves in championship, build a squad that could compete in the Premier League and stay up in the Premier League. But Wigan, I think they've already got the foundation to be able to do that in the championship, which I think is the difference. They've already got the quality players, and they could literally push on. And I'd love to see them get back to back promotions. Be brilliant. Oh, I'd like to see the odds on Wigan getting playoffs or something next season because I think that'd be a, an interesting bet. To Betting be honest. with Matthew. <laughs> oh God. Everyone thinks I've got a problem. But <laughs> yeah. It's a good way. To, it's a good way to see measure of bits and pieces. I thought you were going to say it's a good way to make money. <laughs> Trust me, mate. It's not a good way to make money. It is not. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's Wigan's FA Cup run done. And we'll see who else's FA Cup runs are done. Uh, Spurs knocked out Swansea 3-0. And Manchester United beat Brighton 2-0. And the semi-final sees Chelsea take on Southampton. And Man United take on Spurs. Could we potentially see a Chelsea-Spurs final? 
That's how I would see it, to be honest. I I honestly want Spurs to win a cup, and this is the best chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's their only chance. Thinking about it, <laughs> it's their only well, chance. Oh, well, really? It is, but yeah, I'd like to see Spurs win it. But I I would obviously it's technically it's still a home game for Spurs. This as well. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have home, the home games the whole way to the final, pretty much. But if you know what I mean, Wembley, Wembley yeah. for the semi and the yeah. final. But yeah. I would see Chelsea doing Southampton and the way United are, I'd fancy Spurs to do them. Yeah. It's it's just dependent on this Harry Kane thing, really, isn't it? Is he out for six weeks or three weeks, Kane? Six. Six weeks. That's pretty much his season then. Um, yeah. He'd be back for the final. Yeah, be back for the final, but will he be fully fit? Probably not, too truthful. Mm. But I still think they've got enough quality without him. Just look at Son. Yeah, they've got Son. Son's form at the moment. Right. They've got Ericsson. Yeah. They've still got Deli Alley, of course. And I could see them still taking out United, even without Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. But would you like to pick us a game of the week, please? Liverpool and Watford. Yeah, Liverpool, I think, is a good shout. <laughs> Just don't spit on anyone, please. Ooh. Throw into a Jamie Carragher reference. Funny, that. <laughs> Funny when I said Liverpool, I was actually, my first thought was Jamie Carragher. It always is, is it not? <laughs> when you say Liverpool in that Liverpool accent, ja- it's Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher. It's like... <laughs> Trying to clear your throat, man. Everything scale sucks, sense. Can I coke? Sorry. <laughs> Quickly pulling Matthew out of that uh, trance he's stuck in. <laughs> um, the England fixtures are coming up. Okay. So we'll give a quick prediction on those. Now, we're playing two teams that aren't going to the World Cup. So are they really going to be bothered? Oh, it also depends on England's squad. Well, my predictions are nil-nil and nil-nil. Netherlands are <laughs> Netherlands are nowhere near the squad they used to be. Never, nowhere near. No, I think I think we could I think we could even potentially get a three-nil win against Netherlands. Oh, it depends on the squad. Italy was going to be the harder game of the two. Yeah, I would potentially see us getting beat by Italy, as horrible as that is to say. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably beat Holland. I, no, no, in England, the way we do it, we'll win the first match, get all hyped up. Well. Certain fans will get all hyped up and get on the England bad road. Oh, we're going to win the World Cup. Then we'll get beat by Italy. It's the way England always do it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm saying 3 0 against Netherlands to England. And I'm going to say 2 2 against Italy. I better give some scores as well. I'm going to go 2 1 2 1, but the 2 1 Italy is a defeat. Right, it's two one win against Netherlands, two yeah. one loss to yeah, Italy. That's what I look yeah. for. And to spice it up a little okay. bit, I want you to pick me one, just one England player to look out for over these next couple of games. Just one. Well, it should be Glenn Murray. He's played for Carlisle. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. I, could, I could pick Pickford because he's played for Carlisle too. But no, I'll see. Um, London. Okay. Um, I've I've got mine. Marcus Rashford. Rashford for you. Yeah. Fair enough. 
I'm I was torn between Wilshire and Chamberlain, but okay. I want to see Wilshire. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd like to see that. I've always been a fan of Wilshire. So have I, to be truthful. Um, I, I love his mentality that he's got. He's got. A, it, who was it that said it? I seen it a couple of weeks ago. A quote about Jack Wilshire, okay. basically saying he's got the Spanish technique. I've heard that before. With the English, I've food, heard that before, and he combined it. Not many players can combine that as well as what Jack Wilshire can, and the way that he combines it is what makes him deserve a place in this England team. No, and I, that it's perfect to describe him. That no, no, I totally agree with that. And Jack Wilshire on top form walks into that England midfield. He does. He yeah. does. Yeah. People can argue and say that he doesn't, but he definitely does. Yeah. So he's the one that I want to. I want to see you do well, and hopefully he will do well. I'm sure he will. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. Fingers crossed. But if you would like to get in touch and send us some questions to read out and answer on the show, recommend any games you'd like us to feature, or just to tell us how many players actually play for Carla, you can do so. <laughs> they by, all have. By tweeting us <laughs> using the handle at Footy Foundry. That's F double O T I E. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching Football Foundry. Or The Football Foundry, I should say. Uh, also, be sure to give our partners, the Beautiful Game Network, some love by following them on Twitter using the handle at the BGNFM. And finally, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of the MLS, USL and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your team at roughneckscarves.com. So then, Matt. Yes. Matty, Matty, Matty. Yes. Would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. I've got a present for you. <laughs> I saved no, it till the very end. I knew, I knew, you were gonna play it. I knew you were gonna play it the very end, man. Just for you and for the listeners' benefit, of course. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it from us this week. So be sure to keep an eye out for the poll on Twitter for the Glenn Murray, Danny Welbeck situation. I, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, basically, I just said let's do a poll to see if Glenn Murray deserved to be in the England squad. It didn't have to be him versus. Yes. Well, Beck, it was just a poll to see should Glenn Murray be in the team, that's all. It was just an opinion yeah. rather than anything real. So give us your thoughts. Any comments, anything like that, just give us your thoughts on whether Glenn Murray deserved to be in the England squad or not. But until next week, goodbye.